0: Hey, guys, thank you for tuning in to Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam Wrestling is back live, baby. Not sam mania comes to Los Angeles, California, WrestleMania week. That's Wednesday, March 29th at the world-famous comedy store, one of the greatest comedy venues in all of the world. They will be hosting Not sam mania Wednesday, March 29th, At 8 p.m., you can get your tickets now at NotSamLive.com. Every Not Sam Wrestling Live event has been an absolutely unforgettable experience for anybody that has been there. And this one will be no different. I'm talking guests. I'm talking surprises. I'm talking uh, antics. Plenty of antics. And a whole lot more. Join me there. Let's start the week right at the Comedy Store. NotSamLive.com for tickets to Not Sam I hope to see you there. Today on Not Sam Wrestling, got some things to say about NXT Vengeance Day. Adam Cole back and talking about his injury. And let's get in to what we're going to do about Cody versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. All right, welcome to Not Sam Wrestling, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. We're officially at WrestleMania season, right? It's February already. We got two months, two months to tell these stories that we're gonna have to tell to get there before we get into. Everything happening with WrestleMania. First of all, I want to thank everybody for the great feedback I got on last week's show uh, uh, on the analysis of what happened at the end of the Royal Rumble. Uh, I thought it required it. You know, it was just these things, they grow and they grow in my brain. And at some point, like a fungus pouring out of my mouth in The Last of Us, I have to share it with you. So that's exactly what I did, and I put it up on the Not Sam Wrestling YouTube channel. And uh, uh, many, many, many of you uh, checked it out and had very positive things to say about it in the comments. So I really appreciate that. Uh, I also, and I couldn't talk about this last week because they make assigned forms that say, Oh, you can talk about this, but you can't talk about this till this date. And I'm not going to wait on the big Destruction of the Bloodline podcast to make sure that I can get this in as well. I figured I'd just tell you about it today. I talked about it on the YouTube channel already because I wanted to make sure the day that I could, I let you know what I thought. But I did get my hands on the WWE 2K23 video game when Hot Dog and I were at the uh, Royal Rumble. They let us uh, play it, uh, you know, an early version of it. Probably had... A dozen guys, a dozen girls on there. uh, Singles, Royal Rumble, War Games matches on there. And, I mean, I'll say this, and maybe it's just because I was enjoying beating hot dogs ass. But I recorded most of the gameplay footage. I've never used one of those capture card recorder things before. So I think like the first however many matches that we played... I thought it was recording because the red light was on and then I looked around at the people next to us and I realized, oh, we need number two pencils. You know, when you're looking at other people taking the test, I realized, oh, the red light needs to be blinking. Oh, it needs to be blinking. So then I pushed the button and made it blink and boom. Bob's your uncle, got a whole bunch of footage. But I figured, you know, we probably played for about 40 minutes. So I probably got about 30 of it on tape and I'd be able to make a little video of it. When I got back to the room and looked at the gameplay footage, I had over an hour of gameplay footage. I must have played that game for 90 minutes, thinking that I played for twenty twenty-five. 25. Whatever that says. I mean, I need fun out of a wrestling game. I can't. That's the thing about me in video games is that I don't have hours and hours and hours and hours and hours to put into them, usually, unless the hours disappear. And I guess that's what happened with 2K23. Uh, I, I I thought that... Uh, I love a Royal Rumble mode. I'm always going to go to Royal Rumble mode. Apparently, you're going to be able to play Royal Rumble online this year. Which, if I can call, you know, Danny Soder and tell him to get on 2K23 and get in this Rumble with me, we're going to have ourselves a good-ass time. Hot Dog will be in there. It'll be great. But... uh uh, that mode was a lot of fun because they've improved the visuals, I think, to my eyes, quite a bit. You know, it's it's native to PS5 and whatever the new Xbox is. So the graphics are improved uh, from that note. And you can see it in the gameplay I posted. Like the, uh, the crowd shots, they're much deeper than they used to be. There's a nice blur effect that clum- comes over the top row. So it looks like, you know, when you're in a stadium and they have the Royal Rumble in a stadium now, as it is in real life, it looks like a packed stadium. It doesn't look like, you know, an arena with open air pillars or whatever. It, it really uh, it really looked good. The colors were bright and everything. And, and it just handles a lot of action all at the same time very well. And that came into that came into effect uh, with the War Games match. The War Games match was, like, perfect. You know, they're a little flaws in the game, little character designs or whatever, but like the war games match itself, it was it, it it was so much fun because think about it. I mean, it's like the war games in real life where you can't actually win the match until everybody's in it. You're going to be able to do three on three or four on four. You can actually see the shark cages with the superstars that you selected in the shark cages before they get into the rings. But you basically just get to have fun Until the rings are full up. Beating each other up. You know, just doing moves and stuff to each other. Not having to worry about pinning or avoiding pins. And then once everybody's in. You get to avoid pins. You get to try to pin people. You get to break up decisions. It's just. It's a fun. It's This. The version that I played was fun. I hope it doesn't mess up between now and March. Or whenever it's getting released. But I think probably around WrestleMania time. I would assume. But. Yeah, as I get my hands on it more, I'll uh, keep you updated, and I might be posting uh, the full one of the full War Games matches and one of the full Royal Rumble matches as separate videos on the Not Sam Wrestling YouTube channel, so if that's something that you'd want to see, then please let me know. I had a great time this weekend. That was last weekend. That was Royal Rumble weekend. This weekend was Vengeance Day weekend, and... I did the. I was able to do the pre-show. Lucky enough, fortunate enough to be asked to do the pre-show for Vengeance Day. Uh, I didn't go to Charlotte, North Carolina. I went to Stamford, Connecticut, which people say is the Charlotte of the East. So that's what people call me too. I'm the Charlotte Flair of the East. So that's something me and Stamford have in common. Uh, but yeah, I got to do the pre-show. That was super fun, super easy. I mean, you know, NXT. I feel like uh, if you're watching, some people are, some people aren't, generally, the matches that you see make sense. Generally, you know, on those pre-shows, we only got two minutes to talk about each match. So there's generally at least two minutes of story put into every match. I thought they did a good job of of doing, like, the video packages before the matches so that that way, because I'm sure, I'm sure that there are a lot of people that don't watch NXT every week, you know, with as many wrestling shows... As are on, it's like Raw is a must. SmackDown is a must. I would think that people would consider Dynamite a must. And then it's like, okay, now we got NXT and we got Rampage. We've already gotten three days. Three shows. It's crazy. Raw, SmackDown, and Dynamite, are, I think, are pretty much the ones that people are already committed to. So now it's like there's also NXT and Rampage. I think some people, you know, it, it just is what it is. But... I think a lot of people probably on a Saturday night that want to watch some wrestling are liable to throw on Peacock and watch these shows. I would imagine there are probably more people watching the premium live events than are watching the television in a lot of cases, which is interesting and unique to NXT, I believe. But because of that, they got to do their job of making the matches make sense to people who haven't been watching week in and week out, and they do. Uh, To me, coming off of that show, I was so happy for everybody involved in NXT because they're fighting that uphill battle, right? They know that there's already three must-watch shows for wrestling fans. They need to somehow get into that mix. And a lot of the people on the show do not have a ton of experience and do not have these household names. You know, they got to make you believe in them from scratch. Difficult thing to do, but they've been working so hard at that product for the last couple of years. What was it, a year in October since the rebrand? They've been working so hard, and I've been telling you about it. Every time I go down to Orlando for one of those premium live events, I, I can feel the momentum. It's this real slow building momentum. But because I only go down every two months or so, three months sometimes, in between those premium live events, I can feel it. Each time I'm there, I can feel, oh, this is a little bigger. This is a little bigger. And I go down and listen to the crowd. I go out into the performance center there where they pack people in now and listen to the audience. And there were times where I assumed they were piping in crowd noise. And not that they never pipe in crowd noise. Of course they do. But I go out there, and I think I think I had that experience watching Deadline live, where I thought they were piping in crowd noise. So I went into the performance center to watch the show live, and it wasn't piped in. People were actually reacting to the things that they were supposed to be reacting to. The Orlando crowd that's been coming has been super into all this stuff. But there's only so much that you can do doing every show at the PC in front of that crowd. And you have to understand most of the people there are coming back regularly, right? You're not cycling a new audience in every single time. I've been wanting that brand to be on the road for, for many months now, just because I feel like they need it. I feel like the superstars on the show need that experience and need the feedback In a good way. Like, it's not like they're like, oh, they need to get booed. These superstars deserve to hear cheers for the stuff that they're doing. They deserve to hear 4,000, 5,000 more react to what they're doing so that they know, oh, I am onto something. I am doing something, right? Because they get that, you know, however many in Orlando, on Twitter, whatever it is. But there's nothing like hearing that from an arena. And there was a taste of that Last year at Stand and Deliver, the matinee show at WrestleMania weekend, the first time that the rebranded NXT had ever been in front of an arena and had ever been in front of a crowd that wasn't the Orlando crowd. This is the first time since then uh, 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 with Vengeance Day. And I was so happy, not only that the NXT superstars got the opportunity to do it, but I was so happy with how big Charlotte showed up for that show. How many people were there for it? Because it was a lot. I mean, I, I, I have to imagine everybody at NXT was really, really happy. They never intended on opening up the full arena. From the beginning, it was like, we're going to sell the lower deck, whatever that is, 5,000, between five and 6,000 seats, I think. And when you watched it on TV, man, not only did it look full, it sounded full. And people were reacting to everything. Andre Chase, the hometown boy. He came out to a a hero's welcome. He was over. This is a guy with no main roster exposure. Over, over, over. People reacting to just everything. And I think it helped that they had an opener that was white hot. I mean, that match between Dijak and Wesley was great. You forget, too. The Dijak and Wesley went up and down the Independence. Those are two guys that know how to have a match with each other, especially in front of a crowd like that. I thought that match was absolutely phenomenal, and I feel like Wesley keeps making a believer out of people. I love that Dijak is doing a gimmick, a Cobra gimmick, Sylvester Stallone and Cobra, arguably, and I might make a video about this on my other YouTube channel, not the wrestling channel, obviously, but Cobra... Might be Sylvester Stallone's best movie. How to make your partner like you again with Postmates. Hear that? That's salmon sashimi. Fresh. So fresh, you're muting email. Not now, Carol. Because you're busy using chopsticks. Oh, yeah. And not venting about traffic on the 405. Shh. As soy drips on your stretchy sweatpants. Oh. Get sashimi on Postmates. For $30 off your first three orders of $35 or more, use code LA30. Terms apply. So the idea that kind of out of nowhere, Dijak is like, I think I'm going to be Cobra from that movie, uh, you know, uh, Marion Cobretti from the movie Cobra. And they're like, yeah, all right, you can do that. I love that. I love it. And I love it for Dijak, quite frankly. Um, You know, I, for me, and I don't remember if I talked about this last week, I definitely talked about it on the Patreon podcast but I was really hoping for a Grayson Waller uh, win. Now, I doubted that when they changed the rules, when they announced that the only way to win this match would be pinfall or submission. We announced that on the pre-show. I don't think it was announced before then. But they said there will be there's no escape rule in this match. And I'm not 100% sure why they took that out. I, you know what? Yes, I am. I think that the reason they took that out was because they wanted uh, uh, Grayson Waller to have a gripe. Grayson Waller needs to come out of the match feeling like justice wasn't done the same way he was able to leave New Year's Evil and say, hey, I deserve more of a shot in that match, but the ropes broke, and that's how he got this cage match. Now, he's able to say, look, I would have escaped the cage. What ended that match ultimately was the viral moment everybody's talking about, the superplex from the top of the cage. But if I had been, if it had been possible for me to win the match by escaping, all I would have to do is let go and jump down, I would have won the NXT championship. And that's the rules of a cage match. The night of, to decide that we can no longer do that, that's not fair. So I guess that's why they decided to change the rules, which might make sense depending on where they're going Grayson Waller, it seems like they're going somewhere with him. I, As I was saying on my Patreon, I said that uh, I wanted Grayson Waller to win the match. But he would have to win by escaping, I think, ultimately. Um, I wanted Grayson Waller to win because I thought it would make people talk. I thought it would get people buzzing about what was going on on this NXT show, right? Oh, you got to watch the show, not just because the matches are good, but like Grayson Waller beat... Braun Breaker, because that's the one thing everybody knows about this version of NXT, even if they don't watch. Everybody knows Braun Breaker just plows through everybody. Everybody is talking about what's going to happen when Braun Breaker's on the main roster. Everybody's talking about Braun Breaker versus Cody, Braun Breaker versus Roman, Braun Breaker versus everybody. So the idea that he lost the NXT championship would have been a big deal. That said, I, I understand what they're doing. You know, they went out of their way to make Carmelo Hayes look strong, by beating Apollo Crews two falls in a row. Clearly, we're going to stand and deliver WrestleMania weekend with Braun Breaker versus Carmelo Hayes, which I love. I, I I think a lot of people have been waiting for it, and there are a lot of people out there that have been waiting for Carmelo Hayes to have his crowning moment. Um, Something against it, you know. I would have said you could do another... Uh, Braun Breaker, Grayson Waller match at Stand and Deliver, uh, and this time Braun Breaker loses clean, and then he goes to the main roster. But man, when I came off when 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 I came out of Deadline, right? Braun Breaker had had this moment where I mean not Braun Breaker, Grayson Waller had had this moment where he uh, falls into Booker T on commentary, and Booker T took a bump, and I was like, oh. This is where they should go. Grayson Waller versus Booker T would be great for Vengeance Day. They were like, what about a world title cage match? I go, okay, that works too, I guess. I mean, if you want to go in that direction, that's fine. But after the show, Shawn Michaels is doing his media call, which he does after every show. But he was on Zoom this time. And a video has gotten out where... Grayson Waller barges in to the media call and plays it like a shoot, which was great. You know, I thought it really worked and basically calls out Sean for give, granting favoritism to everybody that's a fan, right? Calling out the fact that everybody at that performance center is like a Shawn Michaels fan, is, is, is sitting there doing the HBK poses. They're all getting off on the fact that the Heartbreak Kid is the one that's the boss, They're, they're they're a childhood fan of their boss, and he's sitting there going, I'm not a fan of yours, I'm a superstar. I'm the one who's here to get fans, I'm not here to be a fan. And so the fact that he's throwing everybody on the roster under the bus, and specifically going after Sean and saying that's who you're showing favoritism to, man, I know he's said a thousand times that he's never coming back. And I know that the one time he did Come back. it was a disaster and that would further cement his position that he ain't coming back. But dog, stand and deliver is going to be a tough show. It's going to be in Los Angeles, which is great. But that means with the time difference, assuming it's a matinee, I mean, WrestleMania's proper has to start at 5 p.m., which means their pre-show has to start at 3 p.m., which means NXT has to be done-done by 1 p.m., which means the show has to start at 10 a.m. with the pre-show at 9.30 a.m. So you're talking about Stand and Deliver. We're trying to get people in the arena, and we will, but it's a 10 a.m. show. That's a tall order. We want you to come to this arena at 10 a.m., watch a show before you're going to go and pack into this stadium for, you know, probably five hours of night one of WrestleMania. It's a lot to ask. What do you got for me on this show? Well, we got Braun Breaker versus Carmelo uh, Hayes. I almost said Carmelo Anthony. That'd be even better. Well, I don't know if it'd be better, but it'd be dope if Carmelo Anthony was on the show. Uh, Carmelo Hayes. All right. What else you got? Well, what if I told you we're doing Grayson Waller versus Shawn Michaels? I shouldn't even say it because I'm getting myself excited. So I could only imagine what it's going to be doing to you guys. I hear this all the time from people who listen to Not Sam Wrestling. I love when you you explain what you would do, but it always leaves me disappointed. You go, this is what they should do at the Royal Rumble. And then they don't do it. They do something else. And I'm disappointed. And now I'm doing it again. And I do that to myself. I feel that way too. I feel that way too. I'm gonna do it again when we talk about the bloodline today. I feel that way too. But this is what pops into my head. When I see the Grayson Waller, Shawn Michaels confrontation at the end of, of Vengeance Day, I go, man, you wanna get some eyeballs? You want to get some people talking about stand and deliver. If you can pull off. Grayson Waller versus Shawn Michaels. That's going to get people talking. That's going to get Los Angeles showing up to a stadium. That's going to get wrestling or an arena. That's going to get wrestling fans. Turning on their peacocks early. And you want wrestling fans turning them peacocks on early. You want all wrestling fans. Having their peacocks ready to go. First thing in the morning. That day one of WrestleMania. How do we get their peacocks excited? Shawn Michaels versus Grayson Waller. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if instead it's not that and it's it's Shawn Michaels setting up some kind of challenge for Grayson Waller. Hey, I mean, who knows? X-Pac versus Grayson Waller could be fun. I wouldn't be mad if Shawn said, you go to your friends, you go to the Click." And here comes X-Pac, and X-Pac is the legend that's coming back to take on Grayson Waller. I just think that Grayson Waller is built to fight a legend. Everything he's been doing, all of his promos, the way he talks, he is built to have a big match with a legend. And he's really good. He's a good wrestler. So you're putting the legend in good hands with Grayson Waller. He's capable. I'm cool with X-Pac. I'm even cooler with HB Shizzle. Just an idea. Look, I'm going to hit you with ideas. Coming off of Vengeance Day, that was the idea that I had. Uh, Adam Cole, by the way, speaking of uh, people raised by the heartbreak shizzle, Adam Cole uh, is back. He hasn't wrestled yet. I guess he's getting ready to have... I think he's getting ready to have his first match back at AEW's March pay-per-view is what he said in a promo. But, and I think he's going to be a great uh, contribution to AEW. I think that it's going to be good. I hope that he can go at the same level that he always did safely. That's what you're always going to hope for Adam Cole. You hope to the same thing when Daniel Bryan came back, when Edge came back, whenever anybody comes back from serious injury, that's going to be the first hope. And eventually It's proven that they are capable of doing that. They're professionals after all. Uh, They wouldn't come back if that weren't the case. But Adam Cole did an interview with uh, Dave Meltzer and the figure four Wrestling Observer Live or whatever it's called. And it was great. I mean, it was really insightful because I think that we still like... When you say he this guy tore a peck or he tore a quad, he's gonna be out for eight months, you can wrap your head around that, right? Okay, he's gotta get the muscle's gotta repair, and then it's gotta get time to heal, and then he's gotta use it again. You can also wrap your head around how it happened. Well, he tore his muscle, he hyperextended, whatever. But I feel like those concussion based injuries are still so hard for a lot of us to wrap our heads around. We all know how it's bad. We all know it's really bad. But I I, I think hearing Adam Cole talk about how it happened, the way he figured out that it happened, and the symptoms of it was really a wake-up call. Because, again, some of these other injuries, you kind of know as soon as they happen. If you break your arm, you know your arm's broke, right? You tear your quad, you know your quad's torn. But Cole was talking about in both of his injuries, first his shoulder injury and then the concussion that he got in the... I think it was in the match with Joe, I'm not 100% sure, Don't, don't hold me to that, but that he didn't know he was injured. In fact, it was really scary because he said that he was kind of backstage after the match and his body just wasn't doing what his brain was trying to tell it to do. Like there was some kind of lapse in communication with his motor skills and that stuff is scary, man. That stuff is, is terrifying. I can't imagine being in that position where like, you know, you move your fingers and they move how you want them to move. You don't even really think about it. And then one day you just go to move them and they don't, that's, they don't move. That's it's scary. And he was talking about the headaches that he would get for months, getting bad headaches, not being able to uh, sit in a car for more than 15 minutes. You're talking about pro wrestlers that have spent hours upon hours upon hours packed into little cars. Now he can't sit in a car for more than 15 minutes, and like you know, the emotions of it. He said that he would you know, he'd start crying at at certain points, and he didn't even really know why. It was, it's just all stuff going on in the brain, and it's such a scary thing, man. I, I'm 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 so glad we live in a time where people really openly talk about this. And I feel like there's a a, a really concerted effort to make people aware of how bad this stuff is. Um, and the fact that, you know, this is why exposed chair shots to the head, all, all this stuff that used to be so commonplace and not even that long ago is now, and hopefully and should be, Unheard of. Every now and then something squeaks by, but it's just, I mean, no spot, no single spot, not your dog spot, not your liver spot, no spot is worth it. When you're sitting there not being able to have functions of your motor skills, when you're not in control of your, your emotions, when you, it's so scary, man. But I was really glad Adam Cole talked about it talked about the journey that he's been on. And uh, yeah, it made me look even more forward to seeing him back. I've been an Adam Cole fan for so long, you know, going back to early Ring of Honor days. And he's just one of those guys that you want to support. And I think now even more, those are the feelings that I get uh, hearing from Adam Cole, baby. Uh, We also heard from Cody Rhodes uh, on Monday, last Monday. And this is key because it's wiping out a lot of scenarios. See, I think as soon as the Royal Rumble match ended, and even more so when the Royal Rumble event ended, people started fantasy booking how they wanted to see WrestleMania. And there have been so many conversations about... The title being split. And we've had those conversations on this show. I've had uh, Not Sam Schills in the Discord going, Sam, you keep saying they would just strip Roman of one of the titles. How would they do it? And I've, if they were going to strip Roman of one of the titles, I think far better than losing in a triple threat without being pinned, far better than having separate matches for the separate titles, far better than any of that. It would have to be if. Adam Pierce had just had enough of Roman's shenanigans. Roman pushed things one step too far. Roman said, You can't do anything to me. You're powerless against me, Adam Pierce. You need me on your show. And Adam Pierce said, Yeah, I do need you on, on my show, Roman. And Roman, you are the champion and you deserve that title. But you don't deserve to hold both titles hostage. So we're going to trade the WWE Championship back to Raw. And blah blah blah. And then Romans pissed at Adam Pierce. Maybe beats him up again. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But I mean it wouldn't be difficult to do. But doesn't matter because that's not happening. And the reason it's not happening is because Cody Rhodes, we know it's not happening, is because Cody Rhodes went up to open Raw. Cut a nice long promo. Told a story. Love story time with Cody. Cody told a story about where he'd been in his life. Talked about uh you know, losing his dad, gaining a child, you know, the, the the circle of life, and most importantly, drove home the point that regardless of anything going else on in the world of professional wrestling right now, that at WrestleMania 39 in Los Angeles, California, a Rhodes was going to be in the main event. And an. As important as the Rhodes legacy is to wrestling, and as much as Dusty did, and as much as Goldust did, and as much as Cody has done, there's never been a Rhodes in the main event of WrestleMania. And that's the big sort of 40 year long story that we're telling with Cody going to WrestleMania. And it was great. You know, I think that with Cody, it almost seems like. People are waiting for fans to turn on him, but they're not. When I went to San Antonio, to say that Cody merch was in the lead to my eyes would be an understatement. And I saw plenty of bloodline shirts, lots of honorary stuff. Lots, you know, lot, lots of stuff dedicated to all members of the bloodline. But I saw so many American Nightmare hoodies. American Nightmare track jackets, American Nightmare t-shirts, all all over the place. Cody is beloved with the WWE universe and his story is, is one that they're getting behind. Then we get over to SmackDown. See, on Raw, we didn't tackle any of the bloodline stuff. We saved that for SmackDown. So on SmackDown we see a distraught Roman Reigns. And when I say distraught, I don't mean he's in a panic or he doesn't know what to do. I mean, he's angry. Roman Reigns is angry because the castle that he's created has started to demolish from the inside. And it's because he let an outsider in. And this is what happens when you let outsiders in. And Paul Heyman is hoping nobody realizes. But Paul Heyman is not an outsider. Paul Heyman was the manager of the Samoan SWAT team, Samu and Fatu. Fatu being the father of Solo Sokoa, Jey Uso, and Jimmy Uso. He was their manager at, I want to say, the 1990 War Games match. This is a guy who goes back with the no So Paul Heyman's not an outsider. Sami Zayn was. And Sami Zayn disrupted the peace that they had found on the island of relevancy. And this, this is the is the plight that Roman finds himself in. So Jay Uso is nowhere to be found. And his loyalties are, are still completely in question. I think Jay is gone because he knows that Roman would manipulate him. He knows what Roman's capable of. He's been on the other side of Roman Reigns before. And he knows that he's been lured back into the family and went from being main event Jey Uso to the right-hand man Jey Uso. And being a right-hand man is a great thing. Being in the main event is better. So Jay is not on SmackDown. Jay is nowhere to be found. He's... Phone is going straight to voicemail. Jimmy and and Solo can't find their brother, Jay. And so at the end of the night, Roman Reigns goes out to explain what's happened. And what we really get is that Roman is in this position and he apologizes to Jimmy for the way that he has spoken to Jimmy. This is manipulation 101. Every narcissist will apologize to you for exactly what you need them to apologize for, just so they can continue to do it to you, just so they can keep you exactly where they want to keep you. So I thought that was a beautiful touch. But, and I'd love to know who in the creative of the bloodline has this kind of experience with uh, narcissists and maybe it's Bobby Heenan talking about his time with Lex Luger narcissistic personality disorder, gaslighting, all of it. I would love to know who's got the experience with it because they're playing it perfectly. So Roman goes to the ring and he makes it clear that this is not about, and he makes it clear throughout the whole episode of SmackDown that this is not about the betrayal onto him. See, most of the time, these wrestling angles would be about the good guy hit the bad guy with a chair. The bad guy's mad at the good guy for hitting him with a chair has nothing to do with that has nothing to do with Sammy hitting Roman with a chair, humiliating Roman at the rumble, not following Roman's orders has nothing to do with that because if you listen to Roman, what this is about is the fact that Sammy has disrupted Roman's family The reason Roman wants to get his hands on Sammy is because Sammy has made it so that Jay is not following orders. Jay is not loyal the way Solo and Jimmy and Paul are. Jay is gone, and that's because Sammy confused him. And Sammy's going to have to pay for that. And as he's explaining this, Sammy comes out of the crowd and starts beating up Roman Reigns and the pop that he gets first when he comes out and then when he takes off his hood. And it the beauty of the pop is that everybody knew it was Sami Zayn. But once they saw that they were right, once they knew that they could see him and he could see them and they could show their appreciation, they all did. Because he is so beloved right now. He is white, white, hot starts beating up Roman Reigns, chases Roman to the point where Roman gets outside of the ring and he does that face. Roman is the number one with facial expressions in the world of professional wrestling right now. He does that face where he's in pain, right? It didn't feel good, but he's felt worse pain. It's more the shock, the shock of this. What the hell is going on? Who is this guy to beat me up? And so Roman retreats, Jimmy and Solo get in there and beat down Sammy. Solo is about to give him that Umaga ass blast with the chair on his head until Roman stops him. And Roman does what Roman does better than anybody else, not just facial expressions, but cutting a promo without a microphone. There, is, I would say Roman is the goat at cutting promos without a microphone. There has never been a superstar in the history of the WWE that cuts a promo without a microphone the way Roman Reigns does. Because when Roman does it, it's real. When the fans are chanting, we want Jay, we want Jay. And Roman hears it and instantly reacts with no microphone, looks right at Sammy and knows the camera's picking it up. They want Jay, but I can't give them Jay because he's gone because of you you disrupted my family so i am going to give you this match at the elimination chamber cuz i'm going to hurt you and i'm going to hurt you in front of your family and he brings up his wife he brings up everything it's great B- beautiful beautiful and the match is made official Two weeks, that's all. Less than two weeks from the time of this podcast. We're getting Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn in Montreal. This is something that I have predicted on this podcast for months. That of course, with the with the elimination chamber being in Montreal, it's the perfect time to have this climactic moment between Roman and Sami Zayn. What was not part of that prediction was what we talked about last week. And the fact that this is the hottest thing in professional wrestling. And you can compare it to a lot of things, Right? Some people compare it to Daniel Bryan, maybe. Some people compare. A lot of comparisons have been made between Sami Zayn and Mick Foley. I'm the biggest Mick Foley fan in the world. But going into WrestleMania 15, Mick Foley was beloved. But he wasn't the hottest thing in wrestling. WrestleMania 15, Rock versus Austin was the way to go. And I'm not saying Roman versus Cody isn't the way to go. But what I am saying is that Sammy versus Roman is the hottest thing in professional wrestling. And that was made abundantly clear coming off of the Royal Rumble and into SmackDown. Nothing is getting reactions like that. The world's talking about it. And there's nothing in sight that says this is going to stop. Everything they've done have worked. And it keeps getting better and better and better. We keep hitting these big milestones, these big beats. We go back to Survivor Series. I mean, the the pay-per-view endings that we've had that surround this Roman Reigns, Bloodline, Sami Zayn story is incredible. If you ask me, first of all, I don't even think they should be doing Roman versus Sammy in Montreal anymore. I think it should be a WrestleMania match. But regardless, it's not going to be. Right? Personally, if you go, well, what do you do now? Because Cody's got to get his shot. I believe I said this last week. But I don't think Cody should win the WWE Universal Championship at WrestleMania. When Cody came out on Raw he said he was competing against Roman Reigns for the WWE WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. All those words in that order. The graphic came up. Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns, WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. To have Cody compete for anything besides the WWE undisputed universal championship, which is both belts would lessen the story that Cody is telling. You can't do that. We're going to WrestleMania with both titles on the line. So with that said, you also can't have Roman wrestling two matches at WrestleMania because it would also lessen the story that Cody has been telling. And if Cody is wrestling for both titles, are you going to have, then that defeats the purpose of Roman having two matches. The only reason for Roman to have two matches would be to separate the titles or the winner faces this or whatever. It's a moot point. I, I, I don't think it makes any sense anymore for that to happen. If it were me to save this thing, I would add Sami Zayn to that triple threat. I would go Roman Sammy, Cody. I think that that is the best scenario for WrestleMania. I think the key is with Cody, regardless of what you do, if you do Roman versus Cody or Roman versus Sammy versus Cody, I do not think Cody should win the title. I think Roman leaves WrestleMania as champion, regardless of who he's facing today. When you ask me today, that's how I feel. And that's because we missed six months of the Cody story because he was injured. And we can't just pick up, you know, whatever was going to happen at Money in the Bank and throughout the summer, summer slant, well, all that stuff is lost to time. And so the idea that we just go straight for wins the Royal Rumble, goes to WrestleMania, becomes the champion, we've missed the entire act two. Act one was Cody's incredible trifecta of matches with Seth Rollins. Act three is Cody's road from the Royal Rumble to WrestleMania, but we never got an act two. And so it's never going to feel as good. I think what you have to do is actually make this the beginning of act two. In order for Cody's story to work, I think we have to see him struggle. I think we have to see him lose. I think we have to see him really work for it. That's what has made Cody so damn popular in the WWE, is that all three of those Seth matches, he won everything, but he busted ass. Cody hit the height of his popularity when he beat Seth Rollins with a torn pectoral. And that's because we could see the bruising, we could see the damage, we could see what Cody was fighting through. That's what we need out of our baby faces, struggle. That's why it took us so long to get behind John Cena. We saw no struggle in the beginning. That's why the first wave of Roman's career, nobody got behind him. Because when he was just being pushed to the moon as a baby face, we saw no struggle. We're not cheering for people that don't have to struggle. Hogan was the last one. Think about... Austin, Austin got over because he fought the boss every step of the way, and we watched his entire history. His entire history of not being the guy became part of the storyline. Look at The Rock. The Rock's whole story was that he had to create this new personality because wrestling fans wanted him to die. Wrestling fans were introduced to this new character, and they responded by saying, I'd prefer he be dead than wrestling. Die, Rocky, die. That's what we need. And I know that that was Rock's heel turn technically, but let's be honest. That's the foundation of who the Rock is and how he became this baby face. And if you go into it, you know, him fighting against... The corporation and everything, we go back to Mick Foley. Mick Foley was never supposed to be the guy. He had to struggle. It had to happen organically. Brian Danielson, the whole yes movement, Kofi mania, all of it, all of it. The baby face has to struggle. And we haven't seen Cody struggle since he went down to Seth Rollins. And that was a while ago. I think that the struggle comes when Cody loses WrestleMania to Roman Reigns, who fans are like, you got to be effing kidding me with Roman Reigns again, which is fine that they feel this way now because he's a heel. They can boo all they want. And then you rebuild Cody. And because uh, otherwise people are like, oh, yeah, and then Cody will turn heel. It's like, no, you can keep him a baby face. You can keep Cody a baby face, which you need. You need strong baby faces more than you need strong heels right now. Keep Cody a baby face and have him lose to Roman. And have him have to work his way back up. That's and, and, and that 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 that's where I'd go with Cody, regardless of what happens. But look, odds are we may not get that triple threat match. It feels like WWE has decided. No, no. There are plenty of people who want to see Roman versus Cody. That's the marquee match. It's a singles match. It's, oh my God, Cody Rhodes is actually here in WWE. He's a Rhodes. He built this road himself, no pun intended. Here's Roman Reigns. He's the guy that can finally, uh, Cody's the guy that can finally beat Roman. Like there's plenty there. We're doing Cody versus Roman. That's the night two WrestleMania main event. And I said, fine. I said, here's what I need to do as an exercise. I need to go, okay, why fight upstream? How do we make it so that we can still do Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania without people saying, Ah, it should have been Sammy. That's what you need to do, right? You need to, you you, you've got this Sami Zayn character who's lightning in a bottle, how do you make it with two months to go and a Roman Sammy match right around the corner? How do you make it so that six weeks after the first Roman Sammy match, fans don't just want that at WrestleMania? Well, here's here's what I'm thinking. Because that's what you got to do, right? They go, okay, Sam, I know you want that triple threat match. We're not doing the triple threat match. How do we make the singles match happen? If you're so good, Roberts, if you're so good at coming up with these scenarios, get us to Cody versus Roman without that damn Canadian being a distraction the whole time. I go, okay, all right. By the way, I think in Montreal, Sammy comes out to his old music and cuts his hair. He said in interviews that, that... he was growing his hair out as being a heel, like making himself less desirable as a person. I think he cuts his hair. I think he, I think, I think, and I think he has his old music back so people can sing along. Montreal going, oh, 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 oh. Too big of a moment to pass. But this is what I do. You've got two SmackDowns left, right? The next two SmackDowns are all about the Bloodline and Sammy. And over on Raw, I would find a little something for Cody to do, right? I don't know if he's going to get involved. Maybe you don't. So I'm assuming they're going to do Edge and uh, Beth versus... Uh, Rhea and Balor at uh, uh, Elimination Chamber. So maybe you have Cody get involved with the Judgment Day for the next couple of weeks. We saw his match with Finn Balor, right? Maybe Damian Priest takes umbrage with him. Maybe we can get to a Damian Priest-Cody Rhodes match at Elimination Chamber. But what's key here is that up until Elimination Chamber, Cody stops talking about Roman and Roman doesn't even acknowledge that the Cody match is coming. This is all about Roman and Sammy. We're giving it all to you, okay? Jay Uso is not back on television. The fans clearly want Jay as a good guy. They want Jay and Sammy to be together, right? Jay's not on television for the next couple of weeks. We get to Montreal, we get to Elimination Chamber. Cody's doing whatever Cody's doing. It's Roman versus Sammy. Sammy comes out. And what it's a hell of a match. It's fantastic. And there are moments where it looks like Sami Zayn might actually win. And the audience is convinced. Is this how they're going to do it? Is this how we're going to get to a triple threat? Is Sami Zayn gonna beat Roman Reigns? win the title, and then he can go to WrestleMania to fight Cody and Roman? Is this what they're gonna do? Of course, this is not what they're gonna do because that's not the exercise here. What they're gonna do instead is Jay is going to make his return to the WWE at the Elimination Chamber. And at the Chamber pay-per-view, Jay turns on Sammy. Costs Sammy the match. Shows his loyalty to Roman and the bloodline. And Roman stands over. And then Kevin Owens comes out, tries to help Sammy. It doesn't work. Roman stands over Sammy. And Jay, Jimmy, Solo, and Paul Heyman. They're all together. They're all unified once again. Now that's the end for the next six weeks of the bloodline kind of being together. Bloodline business now completely separates because when you look at the Bloodline storyline, so much has revolved around Jey Uso. Jey Uso is capable of telling his own story. So what we're going to do, and you'll see them together, they'll come in together, they'll share a locker room, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, after Elimination Chamber, is when Roman starts focusing everything on Cody. Roman doesn't talk about Sami Zayn at all. Not at all. Because the bloodline's back together. As we said earlier, the whole reason Roman's mad is because Jay is not in the bloodline. So if Jay's back in the bloodline and Roman has beaten Sammy, Roman doesn't have anything else to say about it. Doesn't matter. So now Roman and Paul Heyman are singularly focused on Cody Rhodes. And Cody is done with whatever he was doing with the Judgment Day, whatever else, he is singularly focused on Roman Reigns. That story is being told, and maybe that story is being told a little bit more heavily on Raw. Roman is showing up to Raw a little more often. Because over on SmackDown, this is the key. Sami Zayn is done talking about Roman Reigns. Sami Zayn, at least temporarily, at least for the next six weeks, Sami Zayn's beef with Roman is over. Because now, Sammy takes umbrage with the fact that Jay turned his back on him. Sammy has been there for Jay the entire time. Think about the evidence that Jay presented at the bloodline trial. Sammy gave Jay the pinfall victory over Kevin Owens. Sammy did everything to prove to Jay that that was his guy. And now you do this and you you build that story and Jay tells Sammy, no dog, you betrayed me. I stood up in front of my family, in front of my family and I stopped them from declaring you guilty. I told them that you were loyal. Go back and watch that 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 trial. Go back and watch the tribal court and listen to Jay specifically say Sammy is family because that's the loyalty that Sammy showed. What Sammy did at the Royal Rumble, the crime that he committed was he showed that he did not have the loyalty that family does. He didn't. Jay has every reason in the world to be mad at Sammy. No reason in the world to be mad at Roman over it. So now what we've got is Jay, Jimmy, and Solo. And their business is all with Sammy and Kevin Owens, who comes back. And we use those, and we, you know, obviously we see them at the chamber too. And we use the same tools that we use, the storytelling that exists. Think about how good the storytelling was at the beginning of this bloodline. When you think about the bloodline and the whole storyline, it's been my favorite thing in wrestling in Lord knows how long. But honestly, the best of the bloodline are the bookends to where we are right now. The best of the bloodline have been when Jay was a foil to Roman, when Jay and Roman were rivals, and when Sammy was the foil. So what happens when you take that Jay element out and you take that Sammy element out and now they're telling a story? They are going to be able to tell a story together that leaves us feeling like it's just as big of a main event as Cody and Roman is. We don't need Roman to have Sammy main event WrestleMania. The bloodline story is so big in the WWE that it should main event both nights of WrestleMania. I don't think you could argue that. So... And what else would, honestly? So night two, Sunday night, WrestleMania is main evented by Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. Undisputed Universal Championship. But night one of WrestleMania for the first time is main evented by a tag team championship match. Night one of WrestleMania is main evented by Sami and Kevin Owen versus the Usos. And I am telling you right now that there is no doubt in my mind that with six weeks between Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania, Sami Zayn and Jay Uso specifically will have you believing that the Usos versus Sami and KO is the single most important match of all of WrestleMania. I challenge you. You can email me, notsamwrestling at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on YouTube. Whatever you want to do, I challenge you. Give me, based on the materials that we have in front of us, A better night one main event than Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos. What else are we going to have? We're going to have Rollins and Logan Paul. That's not a better main event. It could main event if you didn't have Sami and KO versus the Usos. I mean, it's guaranteed that Roman and Cody are going to main event night two, or at least close to guaranteed. What what else are you going to have? I'm sure John Cena will have a match. We're going to have Brock versus Bobby probably John Cena versus Austin Theory, you would imagine. Tell me that any of those matches, no matter how big they are, I'll bet Pat McAfee will have a match. Tell me Sami and KO versus the Usos is not a perfect main event for night one of WrestleMania. You tell me something's better and I'll come back here next week And I will eat my hat. How do you like that? Thank you all for being here. Uh, Very much appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash NotSamWrestling. If you're looking for more Not Sam Wrestling content, uh, hit us up uh, at uh, 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 Patreon.com slash NotSamWrestling. And by the way, coming up, March 29th. The Comedy Store, Los Angeles, California. We're going to do it. Not Sam Wrestling presents Not Sam-a-mania at the Comedy Store. WrestleMania week. The Wednesday before WrestleMania, 8 p.m. at the Comedy Store. Come be a part of Not sam mania We're already booking guests. We're already booking angles. We're booking all kinds of stuff. Dude, every Not Sam Wrestling live show has been an unforgettable experience. You can even go back and watch some of the live shows on YouTube. I can't guarantee that this one in L.A. will ever make YouTube. But I can guarantee that it will be a night that you won't forget. You can go to NotSamLive.com for tickets. Join us there. I can't wait to see you. Have a good one, everybody.